matter what we're facing, no matter what we're going through, we're holding on to a hope that won't fade. Come, Jesus, come. Amen. You can be seated. When we come to a fork in the road, we weigh our options. And then we choose the road that feels best to us at that moment. Now that path that we choose, it may not be the best path. And as soon as we figure out what we want to do, we put our minds to work to, work to try and figure out the reasons that justify our decision to go down that path. Now people ask, how did I end up on this path? Or how did I get here? Or, or why did God put me into this situation in the first place? Andy Stanley once said this. He said, our problem rarely stems from a lack of information or insight. It's something else. Something that we don't outgrow. It's something that another academic degree won't resolve. Our problem stems from the fact that we are not on a truth quest. We don't wake up every morning with a burning desire to know what's true, what's right, what's honorable. We are on a happiness quest. We want to be as in we want to feel happy. And our quest for happiness often trumps our appreciation for and our pursuit of what's true. So how do we find ourselves on the wrong path? There's two reasons. Our heart is on a quest for happiness and not a quest for truth. And number two, our heart chooses the happy right now rather than the happy later path. Almost every time we do that, and I don't know about for you, but that's what I find in my life. It's always what's best for me right now, whatever makes me happy right now. Andy Stanley continued, and he said, Now I understand, well, you might take exception at that. For example, let's start with coffee drinkers. I mean, what's, what's that all about? See, Andy says that my coffee of choice costs about four bucks a cup. And that's ridiculous. It's inexcusable in the light of the needs of the world today. That's $80 a month if I skip the weekends. That I could sponsor two more kids through Compassion International for less than that. So what's wrong with me? Well, he says, I'm on a happiness quest. As smart as we are and as aware as we are that life is connected and the decisions today shape the experiences of tomorrow. We still don't wake up in the morning in search of truth, insight, and enlightenment. We get up and do the things that make us happy. We are on a happiness quest. And I don't think that's necessarily wrong. Fortunately, there's a great deal of overlap between doing what's right and wise and doing what makes us happy. When happiness points in one direction, though, while wisdom, truth, integrity, and common sense point in another direction, 
That's when really smart people start doing really stupid things. That's when the happiness quest becomes dangerous. Are you getting this? Do you agree with what he said there? See, when we started this series, we said that there's an unbreakable principle in the universe that if you try to break it, it's often going to break you, and it's your direction determines your destination. This principle trumps almost every other natural principle in the universe. And last week we saw that prudent people switch paths when they see trouble coming. They make a course correction. Even though that course correction often requires more energy and more determination than almost anything else. Now you may be thinking, didn't he resign last week? Why is, why is he still up there? The decision to step down was not one that I made lightly. It was a course correction that I think is best for me, it's best for my family, and quite frankly, I think it's best for you as a church. But I've agreed to finish out this year um, preaching, with, with the exception of a couple weeks when I'm going to be on vacation, including the next two, but don't worry, this, this series will continue. Jim Farlow is going to continue the series the next two weeks. I've agreed to finish out the year and to help with the transition, although I think Mark has it 100% under control. I mean, I only sent him like 100 passwords this week, and he, he's got them all memorized. Um, the prudent, they see danger, and they take refuge, while the simple just keep on going, and they pay the penalty. Solomon diagnosed this problem 3,000 years ago, right along with the problem that we're going to look at today. See, apparently people back then weren't all that different from the people today. Today we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 3. There Solomon gave the solution to happiness quest in what may be one of the most famous sections of the book of Proverbs. Now for some of you who've been in the church for a while, you may even have part of this memorized. Now what you may not have seen before, though, is its relationship to the path that we've been talking about. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 5, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights in. According to Solomon, God will make your path straight if you do three things. Number one, if you trust in the Lord with all your heart. Number two, if lean not on your own understanding. And number three, acknowledge him in all your ways. 
Now, some of you have maybe never heard this before, so let's, we're going to take some time and walk through it. And some of you, though, who've been around maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit more seasoned, maybe a little bit more gray hair, you, you're maybe too familiar with this verse. So I want to maybe take you a step back and see and help you try to see it, maybe even if for the first time. The starting point to a straight path is just what it says on all of our money in God we trust which is a bit ironic if you think about it because money is often the last thing we trust God with trust in the Lord with all your heart in every arena of your life in every possible path in every category trust God the answer to choosing the right path is to choose God, to trust Him, to go where He asks you to go, to do what He asks you to do, and to do this every single day. It's not a one-time thing. It's a path. So place all of your confidence, all of your faith, all of your hope, and all of your plans in God. And the challenge is not to lean on what my heart says is right. To not lean on what your heart wants to do. I mean, how many times have you said to someone, just go with what your heart's telling you? Or follow your heart. We've all said that, haven't we? My heart said to never step down. My heart loves this church more than probably any of you know. I've given 10 years of my life to this church. I've ignored family and other obligations for this church. My heart didn't want to step down. My heart doesn't want to step down. But sometimes what our heart tells us is bad advice. The prophet Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Do you know what he meant by that? He meant that sometimes our hearts lie to us. Almost every time that we want to do something that feels good short-term, that we intuitively know is not good for us in the long-term, our hearts come up with a reason to do the thing that we want to do rather than the thing that's best for us. Our hearts can lie to us. The heart is deceitful above all things. So Solomon says, when you find yourself at a fork in the road, and every decision that we make is a fork in the road, so when you find yourself at that fork, don't trust your heart. Trust God. Don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on God. Don't acknowledge your motivations, your intentions, your ambitions acknowledge God's. And if we do this, then He, He will make our path straight. Jesus said something similar to this in the Sermon on the Mount when He said, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Acknowledge God in his ways, and he will make your path straight. 
He'll direct you in the way that you should go. He'll protect you. Even when evil and junk try to crowd in around you and make your life miserable. Has there ever been a time, I want you to think deeply about this, has there ever been a time when you acknowledged God in all of your ways? Think about that. If I'm honest, my answer is probably no. In all of my ways? A lot of them. But all of them? See, we often trust God when it comes to salvation. That's kind of like inviting God into your living room. But then that's as far as you let him go in the house. Have you ever invited God into the bedroom where all your private thoughts are held? Have you ever invited him onto your computer where the access to the World Wide Web is found? Have you ever invited him into the kitchen so that he can see what and how much you eat? Have you ever invited him into the closet where you hide all the secret things? See, we only turn over some of our life to God. But it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and he will take care of the rest. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will steer your ship in the right path, your car into the right direction, your life into the right places, in your plans and your priorities. This is the path that we need to be on. The trick is to override this happiness right now bias that's in our brain, which really comes from the deceitfulness of our hearts. Override it with the perfect wisdom that God gives us from his word and from the spirit. So let me ask a question this morning. If you could strip away the self-deceiving reasons for your actions and be completely honest right now completely honest what path are you on that you know you shouldn't be on but you chose it to because you wanted something other than to acknowledge god's ways what path are you on that you shouldn't be on see this is the one question that if we're honest we never want anyone to be asked us because it reveals too much about us. We don't want people to ask us that question. But yet, on another level, it's the one question we really wish they would ask us. Because this is the area that we need help with the most. This is the question that breaks us out of isolation and allows us to walk our lives with others by our side. Now, of course, somebody asks you that question, you can lie about it. But I, I think this is such a good question because of what it is really saying. Where is it that you haven't been trusting God with all of your heart? Where is it that at least before now you hadn't acknowledged God in all of your ways? Solomon continues his thought about getting on God's path when he says trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight then he says do not be wise in your own eyes fear the lord and shun evil this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones 
Do not be wise in your own eyes. After telling us the key to a straight path, the path that we want to take, the path that will always get us from where we are to exactly where we want to be, Solomon suggests three action steps to take in order to trust God fully and to acknowledge Him in everything that we do. The first action step, don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't think, well, I don't need to ask God about this one. I know a lot about this subject. I'm an expert in it. I even have taken classes in it. I even teach others about it. So, I, I mean, I don't really need help from God on that one. Every decision, every fork in the road is a new one. Wherever you are today, you've never been there before. So resist the temptation to think that you know it all. See, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. Consult God in all of your ways with every single fork that you come to along the way. Action step number two, honor God's provision for you. Solomon says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honor God with our first fruits. It all came from him anyways, didn't it? If you want him to direct your path, then let him direct your wallet. I'm going to step on some toes this morning. For most of us, our wallets are somewhat connected to our hearts. And what was it that Jeremiah said about our hearts? We don't like God talking about our, our wallets. Just like we don't want to admit that sometimes our hearts are deceitful and that they lie to us. God says, if you want my input, then trust me with your output. I gave it all to you anyways, so if you trust me, give. And we know that this is true, don't we? You, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. See, I love to watch people in their 20s go from what they think is poor to being really rich. And here's how it works. They say to themselves, there's this concert coming up that we would love to go to, but I could barely afford it. So they think to themselves, well, should we go? And then they say, of course we should. This is a, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, we can't pass this up. I mean, it's Beyonce or Taylor Swift or whoever it happens to be. They feel poor, but somehow they find the money and they go. But then a few years later, they get married and have a child. The baby needs diapers, formula, blankets, shoes, more things than that, ever, than that mo mother and father ever dreamed of needing. And now when Beyonce or Taylor Swift comes through with a concert, they say, are you kidding me? Of course I can't go to the concert. I have a kid to provide for. Suddenly, their love for a person changed all of their priorities. They love that baby boy or girl so much that they don't even think of it as giving. Now it's just providing for. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving.
And there's something mysterious that happens when we give. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Which, if you think about it, seems a bit backwards. If you love, you'll give. But God knows that if you give, you will also end up loving. So he says, if you want my direction for your life, if you want me to guide you, then honor me with the first fruits of all of your crops, the first of everything that you earn for whatever kind of work it is that you do. Then I'll be able to fill your barns to overflowing. The Bible says that if we would tithe, God will pour out his blessings on you. Now, they're not always financial, but oftentimes it is. Commit to testing God on this. And he tells us this in Malachi to test him in this, that if we give a full tithe, he will promise to bless you back. It's a challenging thing to do, but when you do it and he fulfills that promise, you will never be the same again. Solomon says, if you're going to acknowledge God in all of your ways, one of them is financial. Action step number three, don't blame God for your pain. Solomon continues, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son he delights in. Sometimes you've caused what's happening to you. Sometimes God knows that you need some correction, which he provides like every loving father will. I've heard many people say over the years, why did God let this happen to me? And usually they're in too much pain to hear the truth in that moment. But the truth is, in most cases, God didn't let that happen to you. God didn't want that to happen to you. God, in fact, tried to prevent it from happening to you. He tried to stop it, but he couldn't stop me, and he couldn't stop you. The Lord disciplines those he loves, like a father does his son that he delights in. Three action steps. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Honor God's provision for you, and don't blame God for your pain. Those are Solomon's suggestions on how to get on and how to stay on the right path. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the wisdom that Solomon gives us to help us to know how to get on that path and to stay on the right path. Help us to cling to that and help us to acknowledge you in everything that we do, in every decision that we make, and help us to claim the promise that we won't be shaken. In Jesus' name, amen.